Hello and welcome to the Progress Report, the podcast for pre-service and rookie teachers. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. With me, as always, is Brian Whalen. Stick with us after the intro as we discuss Twitter in the classroom and how we use it with students. This week I had a conversation online with somebody that I know from the BizEDU Ed Chat that I participate in every Tuesday or every other Tuesday, and the discussion centered around how Twitter uh, is used or can be used in the classroom. Um, I think a lot of times we're hearing that you know students need to be taught how to use social media. Um, teachers should be using these tools with teachers to create a, a, an authentic learning um, experience. But you know what does that actually look like? What what is a concrete way to use Twitter with students? So first, I thought Brian, maybe you could talk a little bit about what you're seeing students do online. What what are they doing in, in social media on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Instagram? Uh, I, I think from uh just uh, conversations with kids and, um, you know, uh, talking to kids about what, their social media presence. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you could categorize maybe Twitter and, and Facebook as, uh, Facebook not so much, but I think you can categorize Twitter as a sounding board for these kids um, where they have the opportunity to uh, voice their pleasure, displeasure, dislike, uh, feelings towards a specific topic. Um, people, places, things, um, and uh, and then also be able to uh, share that with uh, friends and other followers. Yeah, and I'd say that um, specifically related to Twitter is that I've been surprised, you know, year in year out, how few students are actually on Twitter. Um, there's only a handful of students that uh, I have that actively use Twitter um, or have uh, even have a Twitter account. I think more of the, the social media interaction these days is taking place on Instagram and uh, Snapchat. Uh, so I, I think that that in itself is sort of a different discussion because, you know, it's that ephemeral, ephemeral uh, uh, social media network where the message disappears. And so I don't think that this conversation really is applicable here. So one thing that I think is worth noting is that a lot of students aren't on Twitter uh, it's not really their place. It's not really where they're hanging out, but it still can play um, a, a meaningful role in their education. And so, you know, from our perspective, we're both business teachers. Uh, we're going to be providing some examples that uh, come from our instruction. Uh, but I think that the, the strategies are applicable across disciplines. Um, so I think we, we jump in right here and first admit that in our own classes, we haven't used Twitter to its full potential. Would you agree, be willing to admit that? Yes, today? yes. And I, I think also um, what we've seen from our students that are actually actively, or I guess what you could classify as actively on Twitter, are uh, are definitely underutilizing uh, its capabilities. It, it's uh, Yes, it has that, that sounding board piece to it. But there is so much more, as we'll talk about today. Yeah, so I think that there's a couple different categories that I wanted to talk about. In, in thinking about this uh, podcast, uh, in thinking about the discussion that I had previously, um, I, I started reaching out to other teachers that I know. I reached out uh, to the instructional coach, uh, the technology instructional coach at this school, and found out that a lot of teachers aren't using Twitter instructionally. Um, but that doesn't mean that it can't be used. Uh, one sort of like prime example came to mind, or that or I stumbled upon in talking with um, our engineering program. One student 
created uh, a, a program that was with a Raspberry Pi computer that when you clicked a button, it took a picture, a photograph, and automatically posted it to Instagram. And I'll, I'll include a link to the example of my picture uh, looking not, not flattering. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that that's an example of Twitter that isn't really... Uh, translatable in, in a mass sense. And a lot of times you hear like, oh yeah, just have your students do this. But really it's going to be like one student that's really engaged in what they're doing that comes up with an example. So Brian and I thought uh, of a couple different ways that uh, on a mass level uh, would work. It's a really cool project and I, I admire um, what is done. I think it's great, but I, I don't think it's necessarily applicable to a pre-service teacher, rookie teacher, or veteran teacher because it's probably not going to be something that you can do um, with everybody. Worth noting, but uh, not exact, exactly the example. Um, so, Brian, why don't you jump in? And, and I would also say, Mike, uh, is that there, those of you that are listening, is uh, there might be some reservations about uh, implementing or using Twitter in your classroom um, uh, because maybe you're concerned about uh, what your students are saying online or uh, being that connected to your students and uh, you know, some of the things that they could share about you or about your class. Uh, and I think Mike and I probably would would uh, would share those concerns too. And that's something that, um, in this age of connectivity that we're living in, uh, it, it's something that we have to deal with and something that we have to address. And as we go through this process, hopefully with you guys, uh, it's something that we can identify. Um, you know, as a concern or or, or not. And strategies but, uh, to address that. So like one yeah. thing that I do is I have my students set up what I call their academic Twitter account. So if they have a personal account, I will uh, have them use the school email address that they have in order to create their own account. I think we could talk right now about some of the, the challenges that you'll face in the classroom, some of like the real challenges. Um, and, and that's that Twitter requires you to have a mobile device uh, to authenticate the um, – the, the account. It, it's their way that they prevent spammy accounts from being created. And so what I do is I always, um, as a homework assignment, assign create your Twitter account at home. In class, after a few days that they've had to do this, I will then show them how to disassociate the phone number from their account, but they need to have a phone number up front. So just as a word of warning, don't anticipate having your students create the accounts and then use Twitter in that lesson that day. You have to give some lead time to take care of those you know, technical wrinkles that, that will certainly be there. Um, so that, that, I think that's important. So what's one way, Brian, that um, you think that you will use Twitter, you know, having admitted that we don't really use it to its full potential right now, but having been posed this question, uh, given some time to think about it? Uh, one of the previous episodes, I talked about one of my uh, favorite tools that I'm using in class, and that's Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y, and that is your uh, uh, or the news aggregator uh, that allows students to compile um Sources, blogs, articles, uh, newspaper websites um, of uh, specific categories, um, you know, business, finance, investing, uh, technology, music, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, and uh, instead of going out and visiting a bunch of different websites, uh, they have those articles or new articles pushed directly to their, uh, their news feed. To their curated um, feed that pertains to the things that they're interested in as it relates to the class. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in addition to creating collections for classes, uh, I also showed students that they have the ability to create collections for, you know, things that they're personally interested in reading about outside of school, music, um, arts, food, whatever the case may be. So uh, I kind of thought as, uh, or I kind of, when I was thinking about Mike and I started this discussion about Twitter, uh, 
I, I kind of made the comparison of uh, what's another way to get students connected to um, so, uh, resources. Relevant uh, content as it pertains to the class. Whichever topic it might be. And um, I, I noticed that most of the people who uh, I'm sharing with my students in their, uh, in their Feedly accounts are also posting things on Twitter. Uh, and so I, I guess at, at a fundamental level, I'm kind of making the, uh, the comparison um, or using Twitter and Feedly similar in that students can get connected to uh, relevant sources related to a specific topic. Um, and uh, people who are posting articles, uh, students have access to those articles and um, can read them, analyze them, share them, and uh, hopefully lead to some discussion as well. Yeah, so as an instructional activity, you know, what that might look like is either an introductory set or sort of like a closing activity where you, know, you have this objective for the day, whatever that may be. Have the students look in their Feedly feed or look on Twitter to find an article that pertains to something that you talked about. So you know, one of the things that we want to be doing is encouraging our students to make connections to, to real-world things that are going on. And so especially in a business class, this is applicable because there are business articles posted every single day. But the same is true in science and math and, and social studies and, and English language arts. Uh, there are relevant articles that are being posted by uh, you know captains of industry or captains of uh, the, the leaders uh, of these uh, disciplines and so who are some of the people that you might have your students uh, follow um, I, I think for um, uh, there's a couple of follows for uh, uh, I'll give you two examples um, that we follow in our uh, investment strategies class one guy his name is Carl Richards and he it can be found on Twitter it's at behavior gap and he is a really great follow because as much as he is a, uh, a financial planner, um, he is more focused on the behavior of finances. And his whole behavior gap thing is uh, it's the gap between uh, you know, what we want to do and what we actually do. And um, he does a nice job of his whole thing is he writes for the New York Times and he presents very complex financial things in a very simple way. Uh, in a simple drawing, he draws it on a napkin, and sometimes he's referred to as the napkin guy. Um, yeah, and then another one uh, I think everybody is familiar with is Mark Cuban. Um, you know, obviously a serial entrepreneur and a prolific uh, tweeter. Yes, and um, not without controversy uh, in, in, in many ways. But um, I think not only uh, can he or does he um, write and post information. Um, but there's an example of someone that uh, maybe a lot of our kids are looking up to um, as somebody that they would like to inspire to be. Uh, they're watching Shark Tank or, uh, you know, they're a sports fans or, uh, you know, from any other ventures that Mark Cuban uh, is in. Yeah, and I think Twitter provides sort of a window into these individuals' lives. And so you get to see, uh, you know, what is Richard Branson doing on this day? Somebody that I follow and somebody that I encourage my students to follow. I think we should also point out that we have to model uh, Twitter usage for our students. So, you know, we have them set up the account, but then we say, okay, this is how we're going to create our profile. What are the keywords that are going to explain to somebody who you are? What is the website that you want to include in your profile, if any, so that people can find out more about you? We're establishing 
creating a, a positive digital footprint so that when you're you know applying to colleges and you know the admins office or Google's your name, something positive turns up, uh, which is uh, which is what we want. We don't want you know your your Facebook activity, your Instagram activity to be the only thing that represents who you are. If you're engaged in social media, uh, you know the first step is figuring out who to follow. And so if we can model you know follow um, uh, Richard Branson, follow Carl Richards. Uh, Kevin Rose, Nate Silver, Seth Godin, Jason Free. We'll have a whole list in our show notes about people in, in a business class that would be useful to follow. Um, it, it helps the students get engaged. And so then at the end of class, you know, you, you can have them go find an article or find a tweet uh, that pertains to something that we have talked about. Make that connection. I, I think connection is, is, the, is, the, is the big word. Um, so whether you're using Feedly or whether you're using, you know, Feedly is kind of the, the access of the resource. And I think Twitter provides that connection. And, Mike, I really like what you said about how it, it provides a, a snapshot or kids kind of get to view uh, a little bit of what their lifestyle is like. Uh, you know, if, if you're following Richard Branson, um, you know, he's probably water skiing somewhere in some exotic place on this planet. Or holding and, uh, a, a private tennis tournament on Necker Island. Yeah, and uh, and he's not shy about sharing it. And I think that is something that, uh, that our students benefit from seeing. Yeah, anytime that you're using any sort of technology in class, you want to think about how can you elevate the, the level of thinking that is going on in the class. And the students are going to have to think critically to be able to make a connection to an article that might not have the keyword in your objective in the title. So they're going to have to engage with that material, understand it in a way that is going to you know last far greater um, than you know what lecture alone uh, can provide. So when you're when the student is then you know asked at dinner at supper, you know what did you do in class today? They can actually pull up their uh, their Twitter account and say, oh, this tweet right here is something that's uh, related to what we're talking about. You could even encourage your students to share that with the parents because I think the parents a lot of times don't have any idea that Twitter can be used as, as an instructional resource. Yeah. All right, so I thought that um, you know that's a great example. I think that you could do that in a lot of different classes. Uh, classes model who to follow, and then uh, make the students make connections to to the the links or, or the tweets that, that are coming out from those people. Um, another way that uh, I have used. Um, technology tools is to engage in back-channel chats. And so what that is is a parallel discussion that takes place while something else is going on. You'll see this a lot in conferences um, where there's a presenter, and then on todaysmeet.com there is a, a unique URL where people are posing questions, and sometimes the presenter is either referring to those questions sort of on the fly, off the cuff, or maybe somebody else is responding. It's a parallel discussion. I really like back-channel chats when watching videos in class. In this day and age, uh, I feel like watching a video in class uh, is almost a waste of time because you could really just have the students watch it from home. There are ways to you know, upload the video to your Google Drive and give your students access to it. So you shouldn't be spending you know, 45 minutes, God forbid, an entire block just watching a video in class because that, that's a waste of instructional time where the students are just really consuming. But if you're going to show a video in class, then you can have a parallel back-channel chat going on at the same time. One of the problems that I have personally had with today's Meet is you, know, you get a score kid who, you know, they create their own account um, and they can pretend to be somebody else. And so I have one kid pretending to say something from somebody else to get that kid in trouble. Um, if you 
uh, set the settings in today's meet, you can make it so that you can delete the the messages. Um, but you still, if, if the kids you know see it, it, it can cause a little bit of a disruption. And so what I um, intend to use this semester Twitter for is to engage in a back channel chat. I've talked on my blog a lot about um, ed chats. I talked at the beginning of this episode about the hashtag bizedu. Um, every Tuesday at 7 o'clock, there is a, a Q1, A1 format discussion that takes place on Twitter. And uh, personally, I use uh, an application called TweetDeck. It's a Chrome app. And what it allows you to do is to create a column where you follow um, a, a single hashtag. And so only tweets that have to do with that hashtag appear in that column or in that feed. And so what I intend to do is to conduct my back channel chats um, online via Twitter, via TweetDeck, because it's, again, a tool that is uh, useful for students to learn. So there's this there's this inherent value in knowing about this tool, knowing how to use this tool. But then you get to have the students um, be more engaged uh, in this parallel conversation that's taking place on TweetDeck. And so, Mike, uh, when, uh, when we're talking about uh, the kind of the Q1A1 format or questions for a uh, video, uh, what kind of questions uh, are you looking at posing to the students? Um, maybe not necessarily, uh, not necessarily an example, but if you could provide one. But are, you know, are we yeah, asking? Are we looking for the questions of uh, uh, who is the main character, or are we looking for some of those maybe deeper, essential questions related to uh, the objectives uh, of the course or the lesson? That I think day? most people um, have had this experience where the teacher provides a worksheet, and there's like these fill in the blanks. It's like, and it's like, what is the the line of dialogue that comes next? That really isn't forcing the students to, to think about what's going on in, in uh, a level uh, at a higher at a higher order level. So I would just uh, simply say that you should be asking why questions. So questions that have to do what's going on in the video that force the students to consider why. Um, and it's as simple as that. So you know why is this taking place? Not what is taking place. You know what are the ramifications of this? Not what just happened because what just happened is just sort of like a rote recall sort of thing. Were you paying attention? And you do want your students to pay attention, but if you're asking them engaging questions that force them to think and converse with each other, then you're going to have more success. I do have a word of warning about using Twitter. Um, when you first create an account, it takes a while for um, hashtag usage to work. And so I've experienced this in my own class. You know, In the same lesson, we create the account. Now I use the hashtag in my Tech Essentials class, hashtag TE161, and then they just don't show up until a couple of days after. So I would encourage you to have the students create their accounts as a homework assignment so that you can sort of iron out all those technical glitches, um, model uh, Twitter behavior like Brian was talking about, and after a while, after they've been using their accounts for a little bit, then try that back channel chat using TweetDeck. Again, we'll include those links um, in the notes to provide you, uh, you know, with, with access to those if you're unfamiliar with them. I think one, uh, hopefully listening to this episode and some other episodes, um, you notice that Mike and I have talked a lot about modeling, and that's something that Mike and I have discussed as we come across more and more technology, not just instructional technology, but technology that we're using and how we can incorporate it in the classroom. I think a really important uh, part of uh, you know, our, our job as teachers, uh, obviously modeling professional behavior in the classroom, but uh, also modeling uh, you know, professional and appropriate ways to uh, to use these tools, whether we're talking about uh, Twitter or uh, who knows, in a couple years, uh, some other social media tool comes out and uh, 
you know, but part of our responsibility is to stay abreast of these things. And um, I think that just the modeling, modeling the appropriate uh, behavior is, is important to us. Yeah, and it's never about how to use the tool because almost all of these tools are built in an intuitive fashion that you can figure out independently of a lesson. So it's really more about how do I use this tool to have a more meaningful impact on student learning? And if you can sort of keep that in the back of your mind, uh, then, you know, we've said this before, the, the technology sort of becomes invisible. It's sort of just a channel towards higher order thinking. Yeah, it's that, uh, I think that, that value added piece, um, you know, what is that technology adding to your lesson or to your classroom? Yeah, so we're nearly at the 20-minute mark. Uh, hopefully what we'll do is uh, have a follow-up to this um, after we you know, try these new strategies. Again, these are sort of just slight tweaks on things that we currently do, sort of using a new vehicle, um, Twitter in this case, to, to model it. Because in my own personal practice, Twitter has been invaluable to help me connect with other teachers, uh, get resources, strategies, uh, and so on and so forth. Yep. Let's wrap this thing up. Wrap it up. All right. So uh, I am Mike McFadden. You can find me online at mmcfadden.com. That's M-M-A-C-F-A-D-D-E-N.com. Uh, I blog there regularly, write about education and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at M-J-M-A-C-F-A-D-D-E-N. Uh, I'm online, Waylon, W-H-A-L-E-N dot biz, and I'm also tweeting at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Waylon, W-H-A-L-E-N. Thank you so much for listening. If there's any topics that you want to hear us talk about, uh, please just drop us a line at our websites or, or on Twitter. Or, or tweet at us. Tweet at us. Or have your students tweet at us. Or tweet, tweet us at us. Thanks a lot.